0: Well, our reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 10. We're going to read verse 38 to verse 42, and that can be found on page 869 of the church Bibles, and it's also going to appear on the screens. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Well, as we turn to look at that passage together, let's pray and ask for God's help. Our Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the time that we can spend in it now. We pray that as we do, that um, you would open our ears to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you you speak to us by your spirit, through your word, and we pray um, that our hearts would be receptive to what you have to say now. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, one of the many things that I love about living in Leith uh, are the vast array of eating establishments. Uh, There seems to be a new one opening up uh, every week at the moment. Uh, I don't know if folks have got plans uh, for Mother's Day afterwards to maybe go and visit one, but um, you've got plenty of options. There's Italian, uh, Greek, uh, Indian, Colombian, West African, uh, Georgian even, uh, a Georgian pizza place who knew. Uh, If you're looking uh, for any recommendations about where to eat, um, uh, I've tried a fair few of them, so I'm more than happy uh, to to recommend and point you in the right direction. Now, food uh, is obviously essential to our existence, and it's a good gift of God that is there to be enjoyed. But as with everything, it has been affected by the fall, by uh, the, the fact that we have sin in our world. Even good things Can become idols. And like any idol, food is something that can enslave us. Uh, For many of us, uh, what we eat maybe is not something that we think very much about at all. But for others, their relationship to food is often one that is fraught with difficulty. And that is something that's really important for us to, to bear in mind as we think about how we support and encourage one another as Christians. But it's also helpful for us to think about how we can have a positive impact, a positive approach uh, to our meal times. Now, I'm not specifically talking there about what we eat. You are not about to hear a sermon about how to get more salad on your plate. Uh, no, I'm thinking more about what we do with the times that we eat. When you think about it, most of us will have three main meals a day. Uh, over the course of seven days, that's 21 meals a week where we'll generally pause from whatever else it is that we are doing and we'll take time to eat. I wonder if you've ever thought about how that time might be used, how your meal times might be opportunities to encounter Jesus. You know, it's striking when you read through the accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospels, how many of his interactions with people take place over a meal. Jesus took time to sit with people and to eat with them, and it was during those times that some of the most significant things that he had to say were recorded. Uh, And over the next few weeks on the lead up to Easter, I thought it would be a good opportunity to spend time studying some of those meals that Jesus shared. Uh, They're all meals that are recorded here in Luke's gospel, and they shed light on who Jesus is and why he came and why the events of Easter are so central to what Christians believe. And we're begin, going to begin today with the passage that uh, I just read from Luke chapter 10. If you look with me there at verse 38, we read there Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, right? So in in these opening verses, we learn about the setting for this meal. It took place in the house of Martha. Now, if you're familiar with the gospels, then you'll know that Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus were a family who were dear to Jesus. The account of Lazarus' death in John chapter 11, it gives rise to the shortest and one of the most poignant verses in the entire Bible. On arriving at Lazarus' tomb before he raised him to life, we read in John chapter 11 verse 35 that Jesus wept. Such was his love for Lazarus and this family that he was moved to tears by his death. And normally when I think of Mary and Martha, it's in that order. It's Mary's name who comes first. But notice here, Luke refers first to Martha, you get the sense that she was the one who was in charge of the house. She was the hostess of this meal. Jesus was welcomed into her house. And it's clear from what we read here that, that she wanted to make a special effort for Jesus. If we read verse 39, that Martha was distracted with much serving. You can get the, you sort of get the picture, uh, can't you, of Martha running around like a headless chicken, laying the table while all the pots are on the stove and the the roasts in the oven, making sure that everybody has a full glass, stuffing whatever debris is lying around into the kitchen cupboard, trying to make sure that everything is perfect for her guest. You know, sometimes we can have that view of hospitality, That in order to invite anyone over for a meal, we first need to make sure that the house is spotless, that the kids are behaving, that the meal that is served is something that Tom Kitchen would be proud of. Like Martha, we can become distracted by much serving. And if that's the standard that we're going for, then hospitality becomes a massive effort. And it's not something that we're likely to be too keen to take on. And Instead of it being something that that is life-giving as we spend time with people, it can be draining and stressful. And that was exactly the case for Martha. Instead of being delighted that Jesus had come to visit, instead of enjoying his presence, the stress of doing something for him had replaced the opportunity to be with him an opportunity that her sister, Mary, had taken up. We're told, verse 39, that while Martha hurried around getting things organized, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And eventually, Martha just couldn't contain her frustration anymore. Verse 40, and she went up to him, Jesus, and said, "'Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone?' Tell her then to help me. You can just imagine it, can't you? There was Mary, sat at Jesus' feet, listening to what Jesus had to say. And Martha strides up to Jesus, towers over her sister, and complains to him about her. Lord, don't you care that my sister is leaving me to do all the work? And then she orders Jesus to tell her to help. She was livid. She questioned Jesus' care for her, and she wanted him to do something about it. Notice that. Her frustration spilled out in a way that questioned Jesus' character. As far as she was concerned, if Jesus cared about her, then he wouldn't have been happy for Mary to sit there while she was running around doing everything. But the fact that he hadn't done anything about it meant that surely he didn't care. Now we've just finished a series in the book of Malachi where God's people cynically question God's love. And it's not too dissimilar to what we see going on here in this moment of frustration. Martha looked at her situation and all that she was doing for Jesus, while well, he just sat there with Mary and she concluded that he didn't care and nor did her sister. One of the things that God calls us to is service. And it's true that, that service is an important part of growing spiritually. We grow as we serve because service requires sacrifice. It's an expression of love. It often takes patience. And it blesses others. These are all aspects of spiritual growth that, that follow the example of Jesus himself. Serving is a good thing. It is essential to building up the life of the church. And it would be great, wouldn't it, if if that call to service was something that was always done out of joy and not duty. But the reality is, is that that is not always the case. Sometimes service can wear us down. It can become a distraction. That might be because maybe we're uh, just left with too much to do. They say in churches that often 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. And so the load on a smaller group of people becomes so heavy that they forget ultimately why they're doing it. We lose sight of the one we're doing it for. And when we lose sight of him, then that can contribute to burnout and exhaustion. It's so important that we build up one another, that we don't approach church as consumers taking what we can get and then leaving, that we do what we can to share the load so that everyone can flourish as they serve. And we are so thankful for for all of those of you who are serving wholeheartedly here. Um, we couldn't function without you. It is such an essential part of everything that goes on. And it's a response to what God calls us to. This passage is not condemning service or advocating constant contemplation. What this passage highlights is that sometimes We can become so consumed with service that we lose sight of the one that we're serving. And we can end up even resenting him and others. And it was that resentment that boiled over in Martha's response. But in the face of our outburst, we see just how much Jesus cared. If you look with me at verse 41, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Faced with Martha's angry outburst, notice how Jesus responds. He doesn't condemn her. No, he responds with patience and kindness and tenderness. To repeat her name like that, Martha, Martha, it was a sign of intimacy and affection. As he responds to her, he is full of compassion for her in her frustration. But notice, he doesn't apologize. He doesn't suddenly get to his feet or uh, do what she want, wants him to do and tell Mary to, to, to go, and, go and help. No. He puts his finger on what's really going on. He saw beyond her anger and frustration into her heart. Martha was anxious and troubled about many things. And those things had distracted her from the main thing. Verse 42, Jesus says, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Martha had gone to all sorts of trouble to host Jesus, when she could easily have just kept things simple, which would have meant that she would have been far less distracted. And that's a helpful thing for us to remember, incidentally, when it comes to hospitality. We don't need to get out the fine china and prepare a five-course meal. It's much more about just opening up our homes and focusing on time with people. It's okay not to have everything perfect. It's okay to even host someone with a bit of mess around. But the nub of the issue here isn't the length that Martha went to, It's what that led to. She was so intent on serving Jesus that she had lost sight of him. She was distracted and troubled by many things when the simple thing of sitting at Jesus' feet with her sister would have been a good thing to do. I wonder, what is it that distracts you from sitting at Jesus' feet? What is it that, that takes your focus away from him? Now, there are many things that might fall into that category. Like Martha, it could be our service. We are so busy doing things for Jesus that we actually fail to make time to be with him. And if that becomes a consistent pattern in our lives, then it should come as no surprise if we become anxious and troubled in the midst of our service. Or if that service becomes something that we resent, something that we complain about, or something that leads us to look down on those who aren't serving as we are. Or it could be that we are distracted by our anxieties and our troubles. It could be that there are things that we are enduring right now that have become so consuming in our minds that our vision of Jesus is obscured. And that's why we need to hear Jesus' response to Martha. Like Mary, to choose the good portion, which is to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him. To make it a priority in our lives to listen to his word, to come to him in prayer, to meditate on his truth, and to find our rest, our identity in him. I wonder, what is it that you need to hear from Jesus today? Are you anxious? Are you troubled by many things? Do you feel isolated? Forgotten? Deserted, perhaps? Do you wonder if God cares about your situation? If he cares about you? Well, hear the voice of Jesus speak words of tenderness and compassion to you. Our Father calls His children by name. And our Lord Jesus calls us by name. He invites us to sit at His feet. And He wants us to know how much He cares. Martha, in her frustration, had cried, don't you care, Lord? But our Lord was about to show her just how much he did care. You see, this passage is at the beginning of a journey that Jesus takes to Jerusalem. It's a, beginning that, it's a journey that runs from uh, Luke chapter 9 all the way through to Luke chapter 19. And Jesus had made it clear to his followers why he was going there. Before he set out on that journey, we read in Luke chapter 9 verse 21 as he refers to himself as the Son of Man. He he tells them where that journey was going. He says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus went to Jerusalem to die and to rise again. In the ultimate act of sacrificial service, the Son of God went to his death to pay the penalty for anyone who would put their trust in him. As he uh, stopped off in her house that day, Jesus could respond to Martha's angry outburst with compassion and grace and kindness because he would pay the price for that outburst at the cross. And it's that same sacrificial love that means that no matter what anxieties or troubles we might carry, no matter how many times we've questioned his care, no matter what anger or frustration we might have been guilty of, or what bitterness we might have harbored, we can come to Jesus. We can hear him speak our name with compassion and tenderness. We can accept His invitation to sit at His feet and know His peace. And as we meditate on who He is and what He has done, as we dwell on His sacrificial love for us, would it fill our hearts, not just with a desire to love Him and to serve Him, but to love one another. To serve one another and encourage one another to listen to what he has to say. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace to us, and we thank you for the gift of your Son, the Lord Jesus, who was willing to walk that road all the way to Jerusalem, who was willing to take an angry outburst and respond with compassion, because he would bear that outburst at the cross? And we thank you, Lord, that you have borne all our sin, all our frustration, and that we can come with all our anxieties and troubles, and we can lay them at your feet, and know that if we put our trust in you, then we come forgiven welcomed with the sure and certain hope of eternity. We pray that as we reflect on your goodness, your grace, your, your kindness to us, as we lift our eyes to you, as we sit at your feet, that our hearts would be shaped to, to respond to that by not just loving you, but by loving one another, by glorifying you in our service and enjoying you in every way that you have blessed us to do so. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.